Welcome everybody to the first edition of the NYY Sports Talk Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at NYY Sports Talk. We are your one-stop shop for all your New York Yankees news, notes, banter, discussion. Basically, if it's about the Bronx Bombers, you will find it here at NYY Sports Talk. We are pleased to announce that this is our first podcast, as we said. And for our first guest, we have the one and only Vic DiBetetto here today, Chris. Vic DiBetetto's here for a little interview, plugging a couple shows that we actually just bought some tickets for that I'm pretty excited about. Um, but first and foremost, uh, we got to talk about the Yankees because we are 117 games in now, and this is our first podcast, so I think we just need to kind of touch base on, on where we're at at this point. So where are we at? Where, do you, where is this team at 117 games? I'm... <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm sick of of going back and forth with this team this season because I'll I'll text you, I'll text anyone one week and I have them win in the World Series and the Chris, next... let me just cut you off for a second. I want the the uh the listeners of this podcast to know what I'm black and white, I know. What no, not even that. You are you you are so far one end, so far the other end, depending on the day. But I want the the listeners to know what kind of screwed up codependence we are with each other. That we literally need to text every pitch of every game with each other. In fact, sometimes when we're watching games together, we're still texting each other during That's the game. That's because our wives are talking too much, so we can't we can't. Uh enjoy it so we just end up texting anyway yeah i understand that so uh we're three minutes into the first podcast we're already going to diverge into a i figured we'd do it now (laughs) and just get it out of the way into and and, but they're probably not even going to listen to this no our wives don't They'll probably tell us they're going to listen to it yeah and this will be a test if they don't say anything to us about it that they didn't yeah basically our wives only want to know uh when we're going to pay the rent right other than that they really don't care what we're doing so uh (laughs) That's why we decided to start a New York Yankees uh, podcast. So, 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 so I'd say that uh, after this Red Sox series, I just my final verdicts in uh, they're just not a good team. I think they have the potential to be a good team, uh, but a good team doesn't lose the games that they've lost. I don't care if it's because of one person. I don't care if it's you know. Araldis Chapman blowing 20 games in a row. And, you know, they're just not a good team. And they have a closer that right now isn't doing his job. I, I, I Here's where you always get me when you say they're not a good team. What are they right now? Six, seven games above 500? That doesn't quantify as a good team to you? But they're, yeah, but within the last however many games, the last what? 50 games now since I know they're nine under so so I think that they were so good to start the year and our hopes were so high that all these lulls now aren't seeming aren't really hitting us impacting us the way they should and then they go down they lose you know x amount of series in a row and then they have a six game winning streak and then all of a sudden you know you look at the standings and you can sit here and say, no, you know, they have a chance. But when you look at the big picture, they're losing games that good teams don't lose. And that's, um, I hate to say it. And I, I promise you that if they sweep the Mets, I'll come back and I'll probably say they're back. They're going to win it. But 
as of right now, well, you if I'm being me... if I'm being realistic, yes, good teams don't lose the games they've been losing. You did tell me they were back after Frazier lined the sack fly in uh, the eighth inning on Sunday night, so we all know how that turned out. <clears throat> yeah, well, if Chapman could have closed the game out the other night on Sunday night, uh, I probably would be singing the same tune. All right, so before we get into Chapman, basically what I want to say about this team is They're ahead of schedule. We were told that this was a rebuilding year for the New York Yankees. I don't buy it. Why don't you buy it? I don't buy it. Because if this team... Now, maybe a little bit more now because the offense is struggling. But if this team... If you take all these games, these big games that they've lost, it's mostly lost on the bullpen. And the bullpen was the one thing coming into this season that was supposed to be strong. So so don't tell me that this is a rebuilding year when the the pieces of the puzzle that weren't supposed to do much are doing everything. I am and, gonna tell and, you and, it's a rebuilding and a guy year that's gonna be here for so many years, X amount of years forward, is the reason why we don't feel confident in this team right now. So I don't care if it's a rebuilding year, I don't care if it is the year. It's not going to change anything moving forward because these are the guys that they weren't part of the rebuild. They were part of the structure of the team that it's being built around. And I get all that, right? And I hear you that a lot of this team's problems, when they went through that big losing streak in uh, California when they were out there playing the uh, Angels and the uh, Athletics, a lot of it was bullpen related. And the uh, recently departed Tyler Clippard was a big part of that. But it still is a rebuilding year. Because recently, even though we want to hang some things on Chapman, which we will get to in a little bit, the team's not scoring runs. That has to do with these guys adjusting to being everyday Major League Baseball players. Judge had, what, 84 at-bats last year? Sanchez was up here for two months. You know, we saw Clint Frazier for a little bit this year. This was his Major League debut. Tyler Wade is a guy that's got a lot of potential, but, I mean, he's growing rust sitting on the bench. You got- Here's a good way to put it, Here, and, and I think this is really where my head's at. If this, if this team was struggling because they were rebuilding, our discussions would be about, you know, how confident we are in some of these young players that are up, what they're going to pan out to be, which, yeah, we have some somewhat of a debate on, uh, but the main concern is not these guys. The main concern are guys. I mean, Batanzas has been awesome lately. The guy's been lights out. But when him and Chapman both were struggling at the back end of the bullpen during that West Coast trip before the All-Star break, you, I, I mean, you had no confidence in the future at that point because they're your guys. I mean, if you can't have confidence in throwing out your two best guys in your bullpen, I don't care what kind of year it is i don't care if it's a rebuilding year i don't care if you're supposed to win the world series you're not gonna win big games when you can't trust those guys now one of those guys we can trust again which we knew we would but the other uh i don't know i i think the big problem for the yankees this season is they altered our expectations that yeah but we're yankee fans and we grew up during the dynasty so the second you alter our expectations we don't accept anything less anymore i understand that but we also have to understand that things are being done a little bit differently than they were in the past that brian cashman was finally allowed to take control of this organization he made all those trades last year 
And we were straight up told that 2018 was going to be the year for the Yankees. 2017 was supposed to be the year we got Judge and Sanchez. And uh, I'm going to call him MIA Bird because God only knows where the hell he is. Uh, and uh, all these other guys acclimated to being big league ball players. But then you and I were in Yankee Stadium that Sunday before they departed for the West Coast trip. And they destroyed the Baltimore Orioles. And Aaron and Judge, Judge hit a ball 500 Aaron Judge feet. hit one so far that I think it hit the moon. I couldn't even... I seriously couldn't even applaud because I was in shock. I'm, I've never seen anything like that in my life. Yeah. So when they get to 15 games over 500 and they put the entire American League on notice that, hey, we're here a year early, we think they're here a year early. Well, here's what here's here's what we got. I keep thinking back to Friday night and you just say, thank God they found a way to win that game because if they didn't... Uh, it would have just been that much worse, or maybe just better, because we wouldn't. We would have just been deflated already. But uh, they found a way to win that game Friday. Hicks came back strong. Hicksy man gave us a little bit of confidence back. They come out Saturday, and they do exactly what you want them to do. They score five runs in the eighth on Friday night. They win a big game, and they come out Saturday, and they do exactly what you want them to do, and they score two runs in the first inning with your ace on the mound. And Severino wasn't the Severino that we've known uh, most of the season, and uh, they took a little bit of a beating on Saturday. He gave up ten runs, I would say. He took more than a little beating yeah, in that Yeah, just game. a little. Um, then that leads us to Sunday night, uh, and that catastrophe of this team has, I don't know what it is about Chris sale, but when he pitches, it doesn't matter who is pitching for the Yankees. They find a way to match him. And this offense had some great at bats on Sunday night. I know they didn't hit him too much, at least through the first four innings, but they were putting together some good at bats. They made him throw a lot of pitches and I knew somehow that they were going to find a way to take the lead, and I really thought they were going to win the game. Uh, and then Devers stepped up to the plate and became the first the first player ever to hit a home run against Araldis Chapman at Yankee Stadium. Well, I'm surprised. I'm really. I was actually really surprised at that stat, considering how many games he's blown. He's only the second lefty. Second lefty, and the first one in six years since 2011. Yeah. Yeah. The thing with um, all right, so you brought up Chapman. You know, we you know, like we said, we're 117 games into the season. Uh, everybody knows what the Yankees are. They're to steal a quote from our, our guest later on in the uh, in the show. They're a bipolar ball club. New York bipolar. The New York bipolars. Vic has said it. You know, sorry, Vic. You know, I hope we're not committing copyright infringement there. But uh, it is what it is with them. Like. They, when they are good, they they look so good that you don't think there's a chance anybody can beat them. But when they're bad, you wonder how the Little League team from Tom's River can, uh, how they can even beat them. Well, Todd yeah. Frazier, yeah, we know Todd Frazier. This is another thing. Can I just go off topic for a second here? How many times do we have to see Todd Frazier sitting next to Derek Jeter in 1998? Don't we know this? And by he wasn't now? He, his his idol. Do you know his idol was? It wasn't Jeter. I mean, I'm sure he, I'm sure he idolized. Oh, Jeter, that's but, the Yankees' history of it. But do you know who like his main 
his main guy was? Um, his name is Todd Frazier, so I'm going to say Kelsey Grammer. No. <laughs> uh, Paul O'Neill. Yes, I did hear that, and that's why he wanted to wear 21 when he came yes. here. So, I don't know if you saw this that I had written down here uh, from from Big Rye Dog over here, our stack guy. Stack uh, guy Rye. That's me. He's got a little segment coming up in a little bit. Uh, how many earned runs do you think Chapman's given up this year? And now he was on the he was on the DL for for quite some time too. Don't forget that. Is this number gonna make me angrier than his eight point four four ERA against the Red Sox this year? Probably not. No. Also consider he's thrown thirty three and two third innings this year. So just that's that it. Out. That's all he's thrown this year. Oh, yeah, so he was out. He was out for a good amount of time. He was out for it's, a month, I think. Yeah, I know, but it still seems like a shockingly low number. So throw a number. It's probably not a lot because his ERA is is it under? It's under in uh, thirty three whatever announced. innings. How what would be an awful number for our clo- our eighty six million dollar closer to give up? Just in thirty three innings, I would say an awful number would probably be fourteen to fifteen. Okay, he's at thirteen, and okay, he missed about a month of the year, and we still have a good amount of games to go. How many do you think he had all of last year? All of last year, he pitched fifty-eight innings. He probably, uh, considering that uh, his ERA was under, was it under two last year? His ERA was uh, his total ERA was one point five five. Yeah, it was probably twelve or thirteen runs for the entire year last year. Ten. Ten. Okay, so, 10 so. runs last year. So, my biggest thing with him is that, and I thought of this the other day watching him because giving him somewhat of credit here for Sunday night his stuff was actually probably the best it's been all year in that ninth inning he made Hanley Ramirez look like he, he never he got beat a- and he got beat by Devers and that's okay it's not okay with me because of how he how many games he's blown this year it so in context I'm not okay with it but if Aroldis Chapman your your closer is going to go out and get beat once in a while I mean Mo got beat how many times? You just don't think of it because the guy bounced back and it it wasn't common. You didn't get used to it. He went out and he had some electric stuff. He got beat. And then Joe brings him back out for the 10th, which fine, I get it. But then he walks, uh, he hits... Um, he hit Bradley. He hit... Was it Bradley? Yeah, he hit Jackie Bradley Jr. Oh, Jackie Bradley. On yeah, an yeah. 2 pitch. Right. And at that point, I, I cut him out. But I thought about it, and I'm like, how does a hundred? How does a guy who throws 103 miles per hour not have the stuff to blow people by him all of a sudden? Because he hasn't lost velocity. And I thought about it, and the answer is this. His nastiest pitch, nastiest pitch is that high fastball out of the zone that guys with two strikes on them have no chance on and... If you look, if you go back and look at clips at most of his strikeouts, that's the pitch he's getting them on. But guess what? That pitch isn't nearly as effective when you can't set them up on the outside of the plate or low and outside with a slider, with a fastball. I don't care. If you're not changing eye levels throwing strikes, no one's going to touch a ball that's almost under their chin. If you're throwing strikes, painting corners, keeping it low, and you have a guy completely off balance, and with two strikes you come up with that high fastball out of the zone, they're going to swing at it, and right now they're not. So they're waiting for him to throw one right down the plate, and you know they're either hitting him or he just keeps walking guys because he can't, he can't throw strikes. So basically 
what it comes down to is that there's other options in this bullpen. Tommy Canely's here. He's never been a closer before, but he's got closer stuff. Robertson's closed here in with Chicago. Uh, Betances, he's closed here before, although it was a disaster last season. But he, when he uh, came in for Chapman this year, he, he was really good. So what I'm going to ask you now is we've seen him blow four saves this year, he being Chapman, okay? Now, we're recording this Tuesday afternoon before Game 2 of the Mets series. So, you know, if he blows another save tonight, you know, don't be surprised. And another episode ever again. Yeah, and we'll never I'm do another episode. going to break my television. Yeah, right. So, he could have... At, I, I don't know the whole numbers. I'm not going to pretend that I can cite verse and rhyme every game he's pitched this year. But I know in the last week he could have easily two more blown saves... Gardner bailed them out in Cleveland Saturday night. Uh, Hicks and Frazier on that. And even you want to give, let's give Eduardo Nunez credit for trying to tag up and go to third with the play right in front of him. Uh, he he got bailed out twice in last week, so he could easily have two more blown saves. Does he, does he deserve, we'll get into what Girardi said later, but does he deserve to lose his spot as the Yankees closer? At this point, at this point in time, yes, because... Like I kind of said before, Mo would come out, and I remember it wasn't his last year with the Yankees. It was maybe a couple years before he retired. Mo had a series, I believe, against Tampa Bay, and he blew two saves back to back. That might, and it was such a foreign. That might even been in the first season of the new stadium. I remember it might have been killed him that series. It might have been, yeah. But it happened, and everyone started freaking out. And it was such a foreign feeling. I I didn't freak out. I was always confident in Mo. But with Chapman being this poor all year, you have to ask yourself, it's coming down to the wire now. And this team just went out, this organization just went out and loaded your bullpen. And you have all of these options. You can't let this guy take you out of games that are going to come back and bite you in the end. Because, just because he's getting paid so much money. I don't think permanently he should be taken out of the closer closing role. But I think at this point, if you're not doing your job properly, then someone else who is should be given a shot. And I agree with you that he doesn't have to lose it permanently. And in, in a column I wrote uh, Monday afternoon for NYYSportsTalk.com, I even said... Chapman can be the closer in 2018, but for the 2017 New York Yankees to be the best team they can possibly be, he does not get to be the closer. And I understand what you were saying about Devers. He he got beat. And how many times do I tell you I can live with our guys getting beat? Absolutely. But Friday night, he comes in, he walks the first three guys he faces. Yeah, you can't do that. You can't. You can't do that. I'm sorry. I have no other expression for it than you can't do that. You can't be the closer and walk three straight guys. He did this in Boston, coming out of the All Star break when they desperately needed a win. He blew the save. And how did that? And how did the? I'm sorry. How did the winning run score? He walked in. He walked Andrew Benintendi with the base. It was loaded. awful. It's been awful all year, but. Everyone keeps saying, you know, Robertson should be the closer. I don't buy that either. I don't think Robertson is 
has what it takes either right now to do it. I I know Batances has uh, had a past of whenever he gets the ninth inning role, he's not the same guy, but I throw him out there, man. I did. Uh, the I, guy's been lights out. He was really, if you take a look at the stretch where he closed games for this team this year when Chapman was out, he was, he was really good. I think we can maybe even erase what he did last year based on how good he was as a closer this season. Listen, we can talk about Araldus Chapman all we want. We could probably sit here for two days straight and talk about how much we can't stand the guy and how much we want to vomit every time he comes out on the but mound. We're gonna, I don't mean to cut you off. We're going to bring him up again because we're going to get into the Mets game right now from Monday night. And a very interesting quote from Joe Girardi. So we're going to get back into Chapman. But let's first... Uh, discussed the Mets game last night. Rafael Montero took the mound. Cy Young. Cy Young Award Cy winner. Cy Young Award winning what, what Rafael Montero. What was his ERA coming into the game last night? 606? Yeah. 606. Yeah. Thank you, Ryan. That's what we have Ryan here for. here for. Stack Guy Rye. Stack Guy Rye. Nice. I kind of like that. All right. So, since the second game of the Detroit series, when the Yankees went back in the toilet, this has, what, been the fifth Fifth pitcher with an ERA above five to shut the New York Yankees down. Yeah, it's been an issue, but and, but that they, all starts with that all starts with Judge and you know Holiday now being back on the DL. But he pretty much should have just stayed on the DL for what he contributed when he came back. But you know the the middle of their order struggling. They're starting to you know pick it up hopefully a little bit. But you know you're gonna get beat by guys with six ERAs when when the middle of your lineup struggling as bad as they were. You can't score the same amount of runs you do off Chris Sale that you do against Anibal Sanchez. That just can't happen. Oh, the Yankees can. I believe, I, I got a, you know, I was feeling good about this tweet last night because it got a lot of responses from our fans. Um, the Yankees are one, are probably the most consistent offense in Major League Baseball. Yeah, they consistently suck. They're consistently and they, awful. And you want to rip your he- rip your hair out of your head you know, people want then, to... But then, but to be fair, then they'll go on a six-game winning streak where they score 10 runs a game, and you're happy and confident again, and then, you know, they'll lose seven series in a row for you, and, uh, you know, you're back to thinking they suck again. So the Yankees won the game last, uh, last night on the back of three sole home runs. Aaron Judge, yes, Aaron Judge hit a home run yesterday. He did strike out two more times, so, you know. He had to keep up. He had to keep the pace up. Uh, we're recording this before the game on Tuesday evening, so, you know, by the time you listen to it, Aaron Record could uh, Aaron Record, <laughs> Aaron Judge could hold a share of a major league record, and what an accomplishment in his first full year of uh, <laughs> professional baseball to hold a major league record. But we'll get into that in a minute. Uh, Hicksy, our boy Hicksy, Hicksy had had the go. He it was the go ahead run, a uh, home run last night, correct? It was the go ahead, the go ahead. And run. then the Sanchino, Sanchino, Sanchino uh, hit a laser beam the other way to uh, cap off the scoring. The Yankees won that game four to two. In uh, an interesting uh, coincidental stat, I guess you could call it. Each man hit their fortieth career home run last night. So seeing that each of them hit that milestone, let's take each guy one at a time. First up, let's talk about Aaron Judge. Was the first half of 2017 a fluke? No. No, but I'm concerned. Does that make sense? It does. It does make sense. So if it's not a fluke, what are you concerned about? I'm con. Uh, I think 
all his issues right now are stemming mechanically. And you would say, you know, you could say, well, duh, obviously, but that's not always the truth. I'd rather it be mechanical than the guy just had a fluke uh, stretch in his in his short baseball career where he exploded. There was too much talent put on the field by him to just say it was a fluke. Way too much. Joel Sherman of the New York Post had the tweet the other night that Aaron Judge had 84 at-bats last season and through 84 at-bats post-All-Star game, the numbers were nearly identical. So is that the real Aaron Judge? I think... I, the guy that strikes out fifty percent of the time and hits one seventy nine is that the real Iron Judge? I don't know. I, I it's how can I how can you even say? I all I can say is he did too many big things when we were at that game and he hit the ball that five hundred foot home run. I've been to a lot of games. You've been to a lot of games. Yeah. I've never experienced anything like that in my life. I've never seen a ball live, at least hit that hard that far in my life. And you know what was even more impressive than that? His next at-bat or two at-bats later, whatever it was, when he flicked his wrist and hit one opposite field uh, over the right field, you know, right center field wall. This guy can go from hitting a 500-foot moonshot to going with the pitch opposite field. That is not... You can't do that on a fluke. You just can't. There's too much talent. He's got to hone in. He's too all over the place. I, I tweeted this the other day. Pitchers are still being cautious with him. Look at how many times he's in a hitter's count. And he continues to dig himself into a hole by swinging at bad pitches. And he's pressing. Last night we saw a home run out of him. So we're a little bit more optimistic now. We're hoping he kind of carries into it uh, tonight a little bit and gets off on the right foot. But... You know, who knows? I just it, there's too much talent there to say what he did was a fluke. Guy. He hits these home runs like the Sunday game in Cleveland when they broke out for eight runs. That are they're seeds. They they barely they barely take off. That you think that a they should be a single, maybe a double in the gap. He hit when he hits those, they get out of the ballpark and they la- and then they end up laughing. Like you look in <laughs> you look in. I've the- net look. I'm thirty. I'm going to be thirty-four years old in October. I've been watching baseball as long as I can remember. I went to my first game when I was five years old with my old man. So I like to think that I know enough about the game of baseball. I have never seen a guy pop his own bench the way Aaron Judge gets a rise out of these guys. Didi Gregorius is an all. He hasn't made an All Star team, but let's face it, he's an All Star caliber shortstop. Right? He's top, in my opinion, right now. He's at least defensively top three in the American League. He, the guy's in awe. He's in awe of what he does. Joe Girardi, who played with guys that are going to be in the Hall of Fame, like Mariano Rivera and Derek Jeter, Aaron Judge has left him speechless at times. So uh, again, proving my point, I just don't think you can call it a fluke. It's what what you like that, what you that, can yeah, what I you agree. can call yeah. it is he may need to focus on what's going on because I think listen when people compare Judge to Jeter, they're not they're not doing it talent wise. They're doing it because he handles himself in New York the way you're supposed to handle yourself, or at least the way we were told you're supposed to handle yourself. And 
he can sit there all he wants and says it's not getting to him. Because, it's because a slump. Me, imagine if this was Bryce Harper doing Aaron Judge things for the New York Yankees. Right. Right. I Listen, and then, you know, he talks to the media. He says it's not getting to him, but it's got to be getting to him at some point. He's 25 years old. This is his first full season, and I think a lot of people forget about that. This is this guy's first full season. He stole the show in the Home Run Derby. Every single person in baseball was talking you about this guy. You can make the case the All-Star game was built around Aaron's judge. I mean, year. you want to talk about baseball not being as popular as it was and all that. You have a guy like Aaron Judge doing what he's doing, and it's it's bringing the sport back. But now, you know, he goes back into this slump, and all of a sudden you don't hear, you don't hear much anymore. So I think it's getting to him a little bit. I hope he can come out of it. But I think it's more of a mental thing than anything. Like I said, he's swinging at bad pitches. So my question to you is that since the Mets are garbage this year, and this is a pro-Yankee podcast, so I will toss around terms like the Mets are garbage. And if you're offended by that, then you're probably listening to the wrong podcast. But we do appreciate you listening, nonetheless. Um, Should the Yankees call the Mets up and say... uh, Let's get Kevin Long back here. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Good old K Long. Yeah, I listen. Last year with Tim's, I don't know. I, I was I was skeptical, but what whatever. Who who's the other? Uh, Aaron Cockrell. Yeah, Cockrell. Whatever they're doing is helping this team because I forget who said it on the fan. I won't I won't mention any names because I kind of do remember, but I just won't mention any names. They were saying that this team is struggling because they're not patient at the plate. And I'm sorry, that's the furthest thing from the truth, in my opinion. This team, one of the biggest things I've been, I've been, you know, surprised about is these yeah. got these young kids coming up, and the way they're patient, taking their pitch. It does not every at bat, but you know, they're up there and they look like seasoned seasoned guys up there that are waiting for their pitch. Judge is a guy if he he'll hack early in the count, but then he's not worried about going deep into the count. How many times is Judge three two again in any given at bat? I think every at bat. I think every at bat ever he's been three two. And in the beginning of the season when it was three two, you were like, "Oh, here comes a home run!" And now it's like, is here he going to strike out yeah. swinging or? And then sometimes he gives us the uh, the high fly ball to to the second baseman that would hit the top of the dome if they were enclosed. Yeah. And Sterling probably thinks it's a home run, so he calls it. It is high. <laughs> can we get a little right? Can we get it? A... However, <laughs> however, uh, Aaron Judge this season three two counties in two forty seven. It's probably gone down. So that was probably long. closer to three hundred. When he was riding his hot streak, what was his? What we talked about this, so it's probably not accurate. His average on balls he puts into play was over five. It was five oh eight. Five oh eight at one point this year, without including his home runs, it was like four twenty eight, and that yeah. was still the leading, the leading stat. So it basically comes down to it, he needs to stop striking. That out. means every time, half the times he made contact, he got it was hit. a base hit, and that's absolutely unbelievable. And most of his base hits were extra base hits because he even his routine singles up the middle were hit so hard they would scoot right past the center fielder to the wall, yeah. to the gap. All right, so you know if we can beat Aaron Judge to death with a baseball bat. Everybody wants to talk about him, but double A, beep beep. There's another Aaron in the uh, Yankees organization. Hey, Aaron. 
The A-Rod? A-Rod? I said a a Oh, we'll talk about A-Rod when we get to the player I'm not, after. I don't want to talk about A-Rod, ever. Ever. I said a a I know who you said, but I'm saying we'll bring up A-Rod's name when we talk about the, ne- the, pl- the next player. But Aaron... S- Why am I saying Aaron Sanchez? I got my players mixed up. <laughs> I just gave away who we're going to be talking about next, but... Uh, Aaron Hicks, good old Hicksy. Hicksy came, came back. You know, I mentioned this to you the other day. It's funny how these things work themselves out in baseball, where you and I were friggin' belligerent. How could you send down Clint Frazier? How could you send down Clint Frazier when Hicks comes up? And what happens to Frazier? Yeah. They traded oblique injuries. Yeah. I mentioned that to you, how that... It seems to be, I mean, even with the Ellsbury concussions, it always seems to play out These roster controversies never seem to come to fruition because somebody else always goes down. We just had it with Montgomery. We were screaming, how are you going to send down Montgomery, right? The guys had a great year. He didn't deserve it. He leads rookies and wins, strikeouts, innings pitched. He should get sent down. What happens? CC's knees barking, Tanaka's shoulders barking, and here comes back up Montgomery. But you know that's and he pitched. He he was great Sunday night. Uh, You know what? You can't ask for anything more out of a a rookie left-handed pitcher who is facing Chris Sale uh, and has to. I mean, when you're facing a guy like Chris Sale, everyone says you know you don't think about who who's pitching on the other team. But you know it's to a point where you know if you give up one run two runs that it's going to be very difficult for your team you to can come scratch back. a run out against anybody so if you give up one you have confidence that a team can scratch a run because anything can anybody can scratch a run out you can't give up two runs facing chris sale and you know money was up for it gumby nation 34 gumby right nation gumby nation right all right so let's get back on to uh hicksy over here hicksy comes back we were down in scranton's uh not this past Sunday, the Sunday before when he was doing his rehab. Yes. Torching the ball all over the place. Home runs. And he got he got yeah, a little. Robbed of a home run. He did get robbed oh, of a yeah, home run. Oh, yeah, he did. He had, had a couple extra base hits. He got robbed of another home run. Uh, he misplayed a ball in Sunday. He did. Field, right? Fair. <laughs> Hicksy, if you're listening, that was us. He, we, <laughs> this ball he couldn't even – he wasn't even close to. No one in the world could have made this play. Christian heckles him. He turns around and kind of gives us a, he throws, he throws his hands, his hands, up, hands like, up, like, like laughing hey, a little bit. But you know, it's all in good fun. But then um, Hicks ignites the rally on uh, Friday night. That that home run, the rally. Doesn't... Listen, they they when this team's not hitting, they are dead. And you could say that about any team, but they needed a spark. And when that when he hit that ball, have you ever seen this Yankee team go so crazy? Throughout the dugout, then Didi gets up, has a hit. He, he ends up hugging Pena at first base. I mean, this team was pumped up. They come out and they finish. They finish off the game and they win it. And you thought to yourself, this is exactly what this team needed. Of course, again, I'm so black and white. I was immediately this yeah, team's I got, back. I got twelve. They got this team is because back. because for me, their bullpen was struggling and and. And Cashman went out and got, you know, Kane Lee and Robertson or whatever. And then it all of a sudden it became the offense. Can I just say something about Tommy Kane? And with, hold on. With the offense, with the offense coming back and the bullpen they have, and the starting pitching has been actually pretty consistent, I think that 
team becomes a scary playoff contender. You know why I like Tommy Kingley? Why? He comes out to Shinsuke Nakamura's interest. Yeah, I saw. I don't even know what that means. He doesn't know, but I know there's some of you out there that follow WWE, and this is going to be dropping a couple days before SummerSlam. So the next potential WWE champion's entrance music plays... When Tommy Kingley comes into the game. I just like when my worlds collide like that. Like yeah. when Brett Gardner gets a hit and they impose his face over Bret Hart's uh, face on uh, on the jumbo yeah, channel yeah. over there. Bret the hit, man. Mm-hmm. All right. So not only is Hicks getting big home runs, he had the big home run last night to uh, put the Yankees ahead. His defense has been amazing. Unbelievable. He throws that rocket to get Nunez. I mean, we every time the ca- I say the that... The catch to start the game last night was unbelievable. I always got to give a shout-out to Frazier, though, because Frazier can easily... Uh, have, not a lot of third basemen in the league can pick that ball. Yeah, no. that I'll tell you what. I'm not downplaying what Hicks did, but anyone with a good arm can throw that ball. What, what Frazier did was actually more impressive to me at that point. Because if you really look at that, that hit off, that took such a bad hop. Yeah, it did. That hit into his the heel of his glove, and he had enough focus to keep that and bring his glove down and make that tag at the last minute. Because if uh, Frazier, Todd Frazier, 1998, uh, Little League World Series champion, in case you didn't know, <laughs> yeah. he took a picture with Derek Jeter at did shortstop. He? Yeah, in case, you know, I'm not sure everybody knows that yet. So we got to make sure everybody knows, right, that in 1998, that guy Rye wasn't even born yet. I was six. He was six. Okay. Big deal, right? Remember. He remembers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we know that if Frazier doesn't come up with that and snag that uh, that hop, the Yankees lose that game on uh, Friday night. Because <laughs> the next batter was Mitch Moreland, and he cranked one to center field. That would have at least tied the game there. With and a let, unless right you third. believe in that Michael K's butterfly effect, that everything you know. Oh, the what's his favorite term? The fallacy of the predetermined yeah, outcome. Yeah, yeah, there it is. Yeah. All right, so Hixie's come back. He's given us a spark. Hell of a trade by uh, Brian Cashman there. John Ryan Murphy. It's that guy, Ryan. <laughs> what is John Ryan Murphy up to these days? I think he's not even in the big league. Is he might not even played this year? Has he? He might have played a couple games, maybe in the beginning of the year, but nothing. This will be common knowledge by the time you uh, you guys hear this podcast. But we're the news just came in that uh, Luis Sess is on the disabled list. Really? Yeah. I didn't think it was going to be. Uh, I really didn't think it was going to be that serious. So to the be injury. Pl- uh, yeah, right. Uh, John Ryan Murphy stats: twenty six games this year. He's hitting one forty six. That's pretty good. And he's hitting with a little pop in that's, his bat. We got a little, a little pop. He's got uh, one, that's home, almost, run. one uh, home run. One home run. He's that, almost up to judge of the second half. Yeah, wow. So uh, I think we should give Brian Cashman a little credit for that deal because he traded Murphy before we knew what Sanchez was. And everybody was, oh, how could you trade John Ryan Murphy? Got three doubles. No, he's got. I liked, I liked John Ryan Murphy, but never as a as a starting or backup catcher. So what do you for like the Yankees? What, for the what Yankees. do you like him as a guy to back for the Yankees? Then? No, <laughs> for, if you throw him on a National League team or something, I don't know. I, how almost like how Francisco Cervelli has kind of made himself a starting player for the Pirates. And, but, I, and I think Romine. I think Romine could make the same argument as Cervelli in that way. I think Romine on the right team could be a starting catcher. 
And when he gets consistent at bats, he does hit the ball. You saw it this year. But you can't expect him to come out, you know, every few games and, and just be a 300 hitter. We, but the problem is we don't want to see he just Austin Romine get consistent at bats. Because right. then that means he just, something He also doesn't have, he doesn't have enough pop in his bat either. All right, so we've brought it up. We're catching. So obviously we're going to segue into the third guy to hit his 40th home run uh, Monday night, which was Gary Sanchez. El Gary... He released the Kraken. He's got uh, two home runs in his last three games um, as of this recording. He had lunch with A-Rod before the uh, <laughs> the game on Saturday, and he came out swinging the home run a double. So uh, he should probably have lunch with A-Rod more often. Then, was right? J-Lo with him? I believe, I believe Jennifer Lopez uh, was with them at the lunch date. So maybe it was her. It was almost like the uh, Kate Hudson effect. Uh, I just looked it up. Gary Sanchez had lunch with A-Rod and, and J-Lo. J-Lo. This is why we have so, Stack this Guy Rye. Stack Guy Rye. You can't get this from your Stack Guy, no. but we do. We get this from our Stack Guy. I like she it. She was there for a little bit, Sanchez said, with a big smile. I've met her before. He, See? Yeah, he met her before. He did meet her before. <laughs> Maybe A-Rod beat the you crap think- you think Alex appreciated that comment? Like, I, I met so. her... Because you can meet somebody before, and then you can meet somebody right. before, so... Well, listen, he came back, uh, swung the bat well, and his defense ever since he was benched has been significantly better behind the plate. It's a small sample size, but I think he's definitely playing uh, better than he than he has. All right, Ryan, I need you to do me something right here. I want Sanchez 2016. I want you to spit out those numbers for me, please. Offensively? Yeah, offensively. 2016, you had 229 plate appearances. Ooh, and that's... All right. You got 60 hits. He hit 299. On-base percentage of 376. He had 20 home runs and 42 RBI. So basically, at the end of last year, after the Yankees threw up the white flag and traded Beltran and... Miller and uh, the guy that we mentioned plenty before and we'll mention again, uh, they traded all those guys. Chapman, I know what his name is. I was just trying to avoid having to say <laughs> it again, but I did anyway. He gave us a reason to watch the New York Yankees last year That after the trades were made. That he when came they up came and, up, and don't forget, the the when Judge and Tyler Austin came up and went what well, they went back to back. No? They did. And their first ever and you just had a feeling that a weight was lifted. As as much as you hated to see Andrew Miller go, a weight was lifted. We got these young kids. Well, we got Red Thunder. Exciting. We got Red Thunder for him. <laughs> and who can forget the immortal uh Ben Heller? Yes. Ben. It's pretty crazy. Heller, Heller. <laughs> Uh, about Sanchez, though, in 2016, it only took him 53 games to hit 20 home runs. It took him 84 this year. Which we we expected, expected we yeah. expected that to happen. He wasn't. <clears throat> we figured he wasn't going to hit 40 or 45 home runs this year. So, what's his overall? Give me his overall batting average, run, um, uh, home runs, and RBIs for this. For this year, he's hitting 273, which I think that's gone up a lot in the last week or so. Yeah, right? yeah. Uh, it was. Like 10 points, it's so though, tough I'd to say, say cuz he was he was also out for a while but he was flirting closer to 300 for a while definitely drip, dropped back down but yeah you know he's definitely been hitting better of late 
So he's got 20 home runs. How many runs batted in this uh, game? 57. 57. All right, for a guy that missed approximately four weeks and he's, he's your catcher, so you don't hold their uh, offensive number as highly as you would an outfielder because, you know, they have to take games off, you know, day game after a night game. I'm pretty sure, did the president sign that into law that you're not allowed to play day game after a night game? Or and, is that just, and you're not allowed to bunt or steal. Or was that, that's not an executive order uh, as far as we know, right? Uh, I can look it up. Maybe Joe Girardi, if you're did, Joe Girardi. Did the president tweet that at one point? I don't see anything. No. So, but that's a Joe Girardi rule, right? So we know Sanchez is going to play approximately 110 games a year. So those are pretty good numbers for a guy that missed, what did he miss, 30 games or so? Yeah, no, he, he missed a good amount of time. So, and this was brought up on uh, the WFAN the other day that people are wrongly saying Sanchez is having a down year. But my thing with Sanchez this year is not his offense because it's it pretty much has fallen in line with where you would probably expect it to be. Right. I mean, I would never throw the guy a fastball because he has proven that he'll swing at any off-speed pitch that you throw him. Atrocious with, with the off-speed. It doesn't even have to make it to the plate. He will swing, he'll swing at it. He'll swing at it. And pitchers still throw him fastball. My issue with Sanchez is that it is scary how bad he's regressed behind home plate as a defensive They say it's because he got – they think he got bigger. I don't know if that means – he got eight, fat. Eight to ten pounds of muscle. Yeah, no, he he had a, a penchant for being lazy. That was the rep on him. Yeah, in the minor leagues. So you, I don't buy that. I don't buy crap like that though. So you know, but when that it precedes a guy coming to the major leagues, and he has things issues with things like blocking balls, which a lot of times is an effort thing. It makes you wonder though. Yeah, I I don't. I mean, he's moving side to side much better now. I think his biggest problem isn't laziness. I think it's, I think it's not knowing how to turn his glove. I think he's getting caught up. And remember, he's he's pretty much catching at the back end of games. He's catching almost every single guy that comes in is throwing a hundred close to a hundred miles per hour. So this guy's coming in, and then you got a guy like Robertson who also has you the nasty hook. You got two former major league catchers on your coaching staff. The manager is one. I'm I'm not making excuses. I'm just saying. Can't somebody teach this guy how to block a ball? Joe did for like three seconds in the dugout that game. Oh Remember? wow! Yeah. Thank you, thank you, Joe. Thank you very much for that. I appreciate that. I think he'll be fine. I don't think he's the Yankees' long-term catcher. I think he eventually becomes a designated hitter. To be honest. I just think right now there's no other better option out there to be your catcher. Maybe that changes in the offseason. I don't know. He, but last year he's shown that he's he's got a laser arm. He finally threw the he finally threw the ball the way you're supposed to last night yeah, to last second night. base. And uh and it sh- and it proved you could be the fastest guy in the league. He's going to throw you out if he gets a good And throw there were on. a couple of tweets last night that Sanchez was smirking like, "Yeah, you can't run on me." But I think it was more along the lines of that he would he popped himself and was like, oh, dude, I can throw the ball to second base. <laughs> All right, so. We caught up on uh, on our Yankees here. Can we get to our... Uh... Well, you know, before we, before we bring in the guests, I do want to uh, just touch a little bit further on the closing situation. Last night, Delon Batanzas closed the game. And he looked... Pretty good doing it. Pretty, pretty good comfortable doing it. doing it. All right. So, Joe Girardi has stated time and again since uh, 
Sunday night that Haroldus Chapman is his closer. I even think Stat Guy Ryan's got a quote for us. Well, he said to the New York Post yesterday that he has a lot of belief in Haroldus Chapman. He's our closer. Uh, and that everybody in the bullpen has had their struggles, so he really doesn't see anybody that is viable to replace him right now. It's the things like that that make you want to punch yourself in the face. There's nobody else viable to replace him right now. If he just came out and said, yeah, Chapman sucks and it's frustrating, but you know what? We're paying the guy a lot of money and he's going to do it. He's going to keep going But nobody's going to say that because that's the exact reason why well, Jacoby Ellsbury yeah, still has a roster spot. Yeah, I know. But for him to come out, I think is a slap in the face to guys like Robertson and, and Canley who came over here and they've, They've been pretty good. I mean, Canley, when he first came, the first few games, I was ecstatic about. He's been a little Canley's back had, and forth. He's, he he he's struggles had, with command. He does, and that's why the Yankees didn't protect him on the forty man right. when they originally had him, and they lost him. But but when he does, when he when he does have control over the plate, he's has some of the best stuff in baseball. Tommy K, right Tommy there. K. Tommy K, right there. All right. So basically, what it comes down to is that. What I want to ask you right now is, Chapman didn't pitch last night. It wasn't one of these things where he pitched two days in a row because, again, Rye, check the president's Twitter. Is it illegal to pitch three days in a row as a relief pitcher? Only if you're Joe Girardi. There was no, there was no tweet about that. Not that is man. not. He tweets a lot, though. So he does like tweet a lot. I think last night was a typical Yankees cover-up, just like with the whole L... I I'll almost bet my life Ellsbury could have came back a couple weeks before he did. And this team just always finds a way to mask this the tough situation they're in. Last night, I think if Chapman was lights out this year, he's in there the is game. no doubt he's, in, he's in that game. But it's easy. It's an easy scapegoat to say he threw too many pitches Sunday night. We want to give him a night off. Uh, he did pitch Saturday. Um, I'm sorry, Friday, uh, had Saturday off. And then he, all right, he pitched, he's had Saturday off, pitched Friday, he's pitched two of the last three games, but then did not pitch for six days. So he's not being over, he's not being overworked. Yeah. I, it, that's why Joe brought him into the one game where he looked rusty. Oh, that uh, was, that, that's a Girardi explanation for Friday is that he was rusty. So he needed to get him work. So if he really hasn't worked that much. If he was lights out last night, if he was lights out all season, he would have been in the game last night. They used his, you know, him pitching the night before as a scapegoat. Uh, you saw Batances come in and do the job. Uh, I think, uh, I mean, I know the Yankees would never uh, come out and admit that. Uh, but you watched the game Sunday night, right? You heard Chapman get booed off the mound. Yes. Okay. So he might not be the most. And I'm speculating here, you know, there's stories out there about the guy. He might not be the most emotionally stable guy out there. Do you think Joe not gave him off the day for physical reasons, but to give him a mental blow that maybe then he didn't want him to blow the save again last night and get booed for the second straight day? I think it's a mix of all of that. I think ultimately what it was is the Yankees needed another day or two. To figure out what's what's going on, because Joe can sit there till he's blue in the face and say he's my closer, and he's the guy we're throwing out there in the ninth. But 
if he continues to do this, you know, you know, the Yankees aren't going to put up with it. They're somehow, some way, going to find a way to get him out of that ninth inning role. But they won't come out and say that immediately. I think last night was more of a let's let's give him the night off physically and mentally. Uh, but again, we. That wouldn't have happened regardless if he was lights out this year. All right. Last thing we're going to say on Chapman because we spent my way, head hurts. Yeah, my head hurts talking about him. And he continues to be a roller coaster ride the rest of this year, right? Game 162, the New York Yankees need to win the game to get into the postseason. They are up by one heading into the ninth inning. Who gets the ball? If you're now. You're going to answer this as Chris and then answer this as Joe Girardi. Okay. Can I answer as Joe Girardi first? Yes. Or Aldis Chapman? Not even a doubt in your mind. Not a Joe. doubt in my mind. He's my guy. Joe, is that in your binder that a role as Chapman gets? It is, it is in the binder. That's page one, right? Yeah. It's, okay. It's page one in the binder going to going to Chapman, no doubt. And, and you know what? As... I'm going to put aside my second answer right now for a second. And as a fan, as pissed off as you might be when that happens, in your mind you can only think, because you're so pumped up with the adrenaline, you know, ninth anywhere, you can only think this is going to end up being a genius move. This is his time to come back and make us forget everything he did this year, and that's why Joe's doing this. Right. Who are they playing in the last game of the season? The Orioles, I believe. Are you stack guy Rye? I'm not stack. Guy. You're not stack guy Rye, so don't answer the question. <laughs> I it, so if I'm Joe, I'm going to him, and half of half of me as a fan is okay with it at the time. They're playing Toronto. All right, right so here. when Joey Bats hits one nine miles and throws his bat even further, you gonna still think it's a genius move? No, no, of course not. So there you go. So as as. As a fan, as me. And you know what? Let me just say this. I hate calling him Joey Bats because, and I hope you're listening to Ugh, this, Jose, Jose Batista. You are my most hated player in Major League Baseball. I'll tell you what. Josh Donaldson, for me, is making a case. I Batista's definitely my number one right now because he's just a scummy person, I think. And they, the, <laughs> the, the Blue Jays could be down 11 to nothing. Yes. And, and he will, hits a solo the, shot the and he will, stares at it. He will throw the bat to first base. Yeah. Yeah. He did that. And you know what? And that's how the Red Sox used to be. And that's why I hated the Red Sox so much. And and people wonder why Ruth Ned Odor punched him in the mouth. Good. (laughs) All right. So. So, if as a fan. As Chris. I'm going to my guy who's who's been here uh, the longest and who's really putting aside maybe a a handful of times uh, has been truly. Unbelievable for this team, and I got to give the ball to Batances. All right, I'm going to answer this really quickly. As Joe Girardi, unless he blows every game that he's in for the next month, Joe's going to find a silver lining in what he's doing, and he's going to give him the ball in that game. I yeah. As Christian, the uh, New York Yankees fan, um. I would give it to whoever has the hottest hand at the moment. And if you want to make the argument that Chad, Chad Green, Green I know. should get the ball in that situation, I will not argue. Let me tell you something, that. and real quick, and then we're going to get into our guest here. But uh, 
I thought about this last night because I think they said it on the broadcast that Chad or you know someone said it Chad Green you could make a case for being so lights out that he could be your closer and I agree because his stuff is electric but the beauty of Chad Green is that the Yankees haven't had I know they have Warren but when's the last time the Yankees have had a guy who can give you three innings in the middle of a game with lights out stuff and not be touched Ramiro Mendoza yeah. was that guy. And and now you have Chad Green and the Yankees, I'll kill them. And I know they're they're going to do it because I've heard that their plan is still for him to be a starter. But how could you touch him? If he's going to continue to be successful like that, how can you touch him out of that role? He's so valuable. So I, so I think, and just to wrap this up here, in today's baseball, you relief pitching trumps... Um, Starters, yeah, one hundred percent. So if you got a guy that's shown that two or three times a week he can come in and give you two or three innings and shut the other team down, you don't play with it. Because uh, what's Jabba Chamberlain? Hey, uh, stat guy, right? What's Jabba Chamberlain doing these days? I think he's. I think he opened a daycare somewhere. Did he? No. Is that why he fell off the trampoline that year? (laughs) Probably. All right, so we got a. We got a special guest we talked about earlier in the show. Um, We're going to play a little clip of him in a minute before we have him on the phone here. Vic DiBattetto. I'm going to spell it for you because people have a little bit of a tough time. That's V-I-C, Vic, D-I-B-I-T-E-T-T-O. Let me just make sure. Yep, I got that right. Uh, Vic DiBattetto. He's exploded on social media, and as a Yankee fan, he does the Yankee locker room skits that are, I've said it a million times, a must-see. On Facebook, he's up to 198,000 likes. Uh, You can look him up, Vic DiBattetto. Twitter, at Vic DiBattetto, 11,000 Twitter followers. Uh, Same for Instagram and YouTube. For that username, and on Instagram, he has uh, 110,000 followers. And I believe I checked on on YouTube the other the other day. He has around 98,000 subscribers or something like that. I could even his top video on YouTube has 16 million views. 16 million views. So uh, we are absolutely honored to have this guy on. Uh, we even got tickets for his upcoming show. We'll talk a little more about that uh, during the interview. But let's get him on, uh, Mr. Vic DiBattetto. Vic, what's going on, pal? How are you? Hey, how are you? Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. We are, uh, we are honored to have you on the show as one of our first guests uh, to talk some Yankee baseball. So I'd have to ask my first question because I'd have to say I am one of the most lunatic fans watching the game. So when I, when I watch your video, I pretty much live vicariously through you, I'd say. Um, when you're doing the Yankee locker rooms, are you, is that you during the game where you're flipping out on the TV or do you bottle it up for, I bottle it up. I bottle it up because, uh, then the wife starts with the comments and the dirty look. So I, I gotta watch, I got a little TV I bring outside of my shed sometimes. Because, you know, a lot of times I, I throw stuff and a lot of things have been broken in the past. <laughs> well, listen, I got, I, I just had a, I just had a baby and the kid's asleep by seven o'clock every night. So, oh, congratulations. yeah, thank you. He's up every 30 minutes, I'd say, with this team. 
the kid is up every thirty minutes. I'm waking I'm waking him up every thirty minutes. Oh, screaming oh, at the okay. I thought maybe he's a Yankee fan. He wants to watch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's definitely a Yankee fan. Vic, thanks for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. All right, so you know we're big fans. We uh, we love the Yankee locker room. I was just wondering, where'd you get the inspiration to come up with those videos and start shooting the Yankee locker room? Oh, I've been doing these videos for a few years now, and it's just one of the characters I came up with. And I, you know, because I basically, what I'm saying, I'm pretending to be the manager, but what I'm saying is what most Yankee fans think that that are afraid to say. You know, it's scary how, because Chris is right, you and him could probably be brothers because he is he is <laughs> out of control sometimes because we uh, text throughout the entire game and he sometimes I have to put my phone on mute because some of the things he comes up with, it makes you want to throw your phone against the wall. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's a, there's, you know look, Yankee fans are spoiled. This is also a satire, a spoof. It's a sketch. I'm a comedian. It's a joke. One thing I find, you can't talk politics, religion, and now it's getting to a point where even sports, I got some people that actually believe I'm in the Yankee locker room. This how stupid this country has has subsided to. They're actually arguing with me. I got fans. Well, why, why don't you tell Torres that it's a joke? <laughs> Well, listen. Speaking of uh, speaking of you talking to some of the players, we do have some big news for you. Uh, Bird is scheduled to start his rehab on Wednesday. How do you feel about that? I heard he's hitting in the cage, and I heard that the ball reflected off the cage and hit him in his beak. So he's not. He's going to be out another thirty months. I don't get excited because this guy, he's the next Teixeira. I got a feeling he's going to come back. He's going to. He's going to. Open up the freezer in the, in the clubhouse, and a frozen hamburger is going to fall on his other foot. It's insane. These guys pull muscles I never heard of. It, I, you know, I don't know. I, I'm old school, man. It's just, just get in there. When you, I don't, even I don't care if I had one leg. I was, I would be so pumped that I'm on the New York Yankees. You know? <laughs> I don't even know what he's rehabbing from, to be honest. He kind of reminds me of Carl Pavano. When he was there, you go. Oh, what what a what a price package he was. Hey, Vic, um, Christian, back here. Uh, you know, so Bird's in that group with Judge and Sanchez as the next group of hopefully young great Yankees. Uh, Chris and I grew up in the uh, in the mid '90s when you know Jeter and Bernie and those guys were coming up. So those, that that's the guys we grew up with. Who were the guys that you rooted for when you were you were a kid? And oh, you're, you're, oh, you're, I I go back. Wow, you don't even know. Uh, Horace Clark, Jerry Kenny, Fritz Peterson, Mike Keckage. That's like the late 60s when I was a kid. But the 77 and 78 Yankees, Jackson and Munson and Gidry, that was my time, the 70s. And then, of course, you had Tories Yankees, the Tory years, which was a big mistake for me. I moved, I moved to Florida. I lived in Florida between 1998 and 2000. You know, it was like... Watching the Yankees beat the Braves in Florida with all these Southern <laughs> fans. I'm the only New Yorker that has bar. It killed me that I wasn't back up in New York to be part of that. But I love these young kids, man. I, You know, everybody's getting on Judge's case. The guy's entitled to a slump. Give me a break. You know, he's, he's, the, his whole story, he's humble. He's refreshing. The guy was adopted. The whole story is just amazing. 
you know, he's like another cheetah. Give him a chance. Jesus. I mean, Sanchez, too. You know, those two months when he went on that, on that, that, that streak, look, you know, that, that was a fluke. But he's coming into his own, and I think we got a good shot. I think next year is our year, to be honest with you. I think Judge has definitely showed too much talent to just say that that's just going to exactly. disappear and that, and that, you know, it, it was just a fluke. Uh, I really think he's he's going to be something special. But one of the things I think I started watching your videos, the Yankee locker room videos, a couple years ago. Uh, my number one thing I think I always ask myself is: Do the Yankees get done, and do they sit and watch any of your videos and hear what you have to say about them? Have any? You don't have to mention any names. Have any Yankees? Have you have any confirmation that they have watched, seen, heard? any of your Yankee locker room videos? No, but I wouldn't be surprised. But Michael K. private tweeted me. And nice. he, says, he says, dude, your vignettes make me pee in my pants. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I told my manager, why don't you email him? Say, get me on center stage or put me in the poop for one inning. Vic, and he's a fan of mine. He, you know what it is? You know what it is? I, I kind of shoot myself in my own foot. I'm not... See, I tell it the way it is. You see what Jim Brewer, what he does with the Mets, how everything is good and positive. But yeah. I lay it on the line. I'm honest. And I don't picture the Elsinore Network having I also made a big mistake. I did a, I post, I put out a tweet, and I called Meredith uh, Marakovitz. I said, Meredith, I got big tits. And they didn't <laughs> like that. But, you know, I said what every, every big shot in the Yes Network is – probably think when they look at her so i deleted it i apologize to michael k who knows i don't i don't care anymore you know i'm gonna do what i do you like me you like me you don't i'm honest and people are afraid of that sometimes it's unfortunately the uh, world we live in that they rather you uh sugarcoat things than tell uh the truth but we want we want the truth on this vic chris and i have been arguing about this for almost a whole week now we know from watching your videos that you're a big proponent of uh, situational hitting, sacrifice bunting. Uh, this may have come up more than once in the last week, but I remember it from a game in Toronto. We need you to settle a bet for us. Um, Yankees had first and second with nobody out. Gardner was up. Chris is screaming at me to, for them to bunt there. Down three nothing. Would you bunt? in the fifth? In the, in fifth, the fifth, gotta inning. be fair. Give you all the information. And they're slumping. They're in not the, scoring any runs. So would you bunt there and try to play for one run in that instance? Absolutely. There you go. Absolutely. Small and, ball. It, there's no more small ball anymore. Nobody knows. How about when BB bunted with two outs? What the hell was he thinking that <laughs> night? I, I don't. Uh, you, you, already you're getting the blood pressure, and it, it's early in the day for this. You know what it is, Girardi, that guy, I'm, look, he seems like a nice guy, but he does not know how to manage. He's a politically correct manager. Put the put the binder book down. Stop with the stats. If the guy's doing good, leave him in until his arm falls off. Look what happens when he brings in Chapman and the dances. Why, why do you got to fix what's not broke? I don't get this. I remember one year when I was Bob Gibson once pitched both games of a doubleheader. Yeah, it's just uh, I don't know. Well, listen before before we uh, we both 
start going crazy and I break the phone and I lose and I lose you here. Uh, Christian and I, on behalf of MYY Sports Talk, uh, purchased our tickets for one of your shows coming up in uh, Hasbrook Heights at the Bananas Comedy Club on October 14th. Uh, you have any other shows uh, in the area for our listeners to maybe pick up some tickets yeah. on? Absolutely. I'm going to be at the Millstone Theater in Millstone, New Jersey. It's right next to Freehold, uh, September 23rd. Then I'm going to be at the Borgata in Atlantic City, October 20th. And uh, I'm doing this thing called mybookie.com. I'm going to be like the uh, the spokesman of that. Where you could, you know, you could book now. You could uh, bet legally online. I'm going to be the spokesman. Other than that, you know, I'm selling out clubs and theaters all over. You know, I'm, I'm starting to branch out now. I'm trying to get out of the tri-state area and uh, just building my brand. You know, just just riding the wave. You know. Well, well I could tell you this. Uh... I posted on my personal Facebook that I was uh, going to be talking with you today, Christian and myself, and I can't tell you how many people private messaged me that they got tickets to your show. Wow, nice. To see you, and uh, I mean, this all started, you know, you were a guy who who was the silver lining of every Yankee loss, and uh, I think you're gaining popularity throughout uh, everyone knows your name, at least at least around me. You know, everyone knows who you are, and we're happy for you. Thank you. They they know it. They just don't know how to say it. They do. Let me tell you something. Me and Christian were just talking about this. Vic DiBetenedetto. I I can't. I I don't think one person has said your last name right that I've talked to. But you know what? Who cares? You get you. I do a whole bit about that. There's another vignette I did about the spelling of my name. And you know what it is? It's amazing you said that because people say when the Yankee, they look more forward to my my Yankee locker rooms in the game sometimes. How great is how great is that? Oh, you can't beat it, man. Well, I just want to say thank you uh, for coming on, and uh, I'm sure Christian wants to give you a little farewell here. Vic, well, once again, man, we really appreciate you coming on. But last thing we want to ask you before we we let yeah. you go today, it's all said and done. The 2017 season's in the books. Where where the New York Yankees finish this year? Oh, wow, that's tough. They're gonna make the wild card, but that's it. They're not gonna. You, you know what? I don't want to get excited because if it is, we gotta face the Indians or the Astros and then the Dodgers. Let's just shoot the horse now. You know what it is with this team? They're bipolar. They they get you all excited. You, you all, like tonight, last night, oh, we beat the Mets. Now we're all pumped up. And according to the way they've been playing, according to the format, they're going to get shut out tonight. It's, they've got to be consistent. Show me. I want to go with the Fenway next week, at least three games behind the Red Sox. we gotta we got to just more consistent. If it's not that the pitching is good, the hitting sucks. If the hitting is good, the pitching sucks. They, they, they drive me nuts. It's like an emotional roller coaster with this team. Yeah, our wives don't like it when the Yankees lose because we're usually not nice guys that night. I'm miserable. When... <laughs> oh, when the Yankees lose, my wife can't even look at me the next morning. I, I turn up, <laughs> when they're losing, I turn up the game. I, I don't listen when they lose. I, I check Siri. Siri, what's the score of the game? I, I can't watch it. I, 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 uh, man. All right, Vic, we're going to let you go. We really appreciate you being on. Thanks a lot, and uh, we look forward to seeing you in uh, at the Bananas Comedy Club uh, on October 14th. Yeah, 
Make Keith. sure you guys come up to me. Make sure you meet me at the meeting. All right, thanks, we Vic. Will. We appreciate it. Thanks, thanks for Vic. coming on and spending a few minutes with us. You got it, guys. Let's go, Yanks. Vic DiBetetto. Again, we are going to the show October 14th. I think we're going to the 945 show. That would be correct. Uh, at the Bananas Comedy Club in Hasbrook Heights. Uh, if you haven't checked out his videos, again, go on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, he's all over the place. And if you're a Yankee fan, the Yankee locker room videos are a must-watch, 100%. Yeah, especially now that Bird's coming back and he's going to be hitting it in the cage. So. Oh, it's going to be good. All right, Chris, so that was a pretty entertaining interview. Knew it would be, or at least I hoped it would be. So, I mean, if you've seen uh, his Yankee locker room videos, you knew what you knew what he was going to bring to the table here, and it's pretty. I much... was I was hoping, I was a little nervous because we're trying not to curse here, which has been very <laughs> difficult. Um, I mean, you should really read some of the text messages we send each other during really... the game. Like we we would probably have FBI, CIA, yeah. any federal law enforcement. But agency we here. we didn't tell Vic like we weren't going to curse anything. He oh, I feel like he almost gave us an f bomb, but he's kept it pretty pretty mild. But and I you know I appreciate that he kept it clean because you know. You know, he, he didn't know, so he just erred on the side of caution. And you know what? We're talking about a guy who is really blowing up. I mean, you, you heard the numbers I gave. Uh, and you know what? He was, he was kind enough to give us his time today. We appreciate it. So please, you know, go out there, take a look at some of his videos. Again, if you're a Yankee fan, which I'd I hope know, that most... I had to talk you into it because you drag your feet on everything. I'm sure your wife could probably attest to that. That you suck at making decisions in life. For what? <laughs> I'm the I'm the decision maker. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. For what? His show? Yeah. I had to convince you to get tickets if to you, go to his if show. If you go to our if you go to our text right now. Yeah. If you go to our text, you said go get your tickets, and literally two minutes later, I said okay, got him. That was two minutes too long. Yeah. So I'm very excited to go see him in in uh, I get. Concert. I mean, I, I like to go to comedy shows. Definitely not called a concert. But sometimes they are. I saw Kevin James in concert. Kevin James should never be in concert. Vic was in Paul Blart. Okay, he Vic was in Paul, Paul Blart. Blart. Paul Blart, Blart too. Paul Blart too. Okay, so yeah. Speak, we, blowing up. He's doing a movie He's with Kevin movies, James. Yeah. All right. I'm telling you, man. This was. Uh, this was an honor. I'm very excited to see him do a stand up. I'm a big stand up guy. I will. Even though I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm funnier than ninety percent of the people that I've seen in my lifetime. There, me and my wife vacationed down in Wildwood, New Jersey. There used to be a great comedy club down there that recently closed. We always made sure we saw uh, the show down there. It's, you know, it's, it's a, it's like a hobby or, you know, it's an event that me and my wife do. We like to go to see comedy shows. I'm a big fan of stand-up comedy. I'm very, very excited to go see Vic on October fourteenth, but. We're Yankee fans. Yes. The Yankees could be playing in the ALCS while Vic's on stage. That's tough. <laughs> I seriously, my wedding was in November because of the chance that the Yankees could be in the postseason, which is probably more laughable than the fact that I didn't have a wedding in October back in 2014. But in November... In 2015, oh my god. Wow, your wife better now I really, <laughs> Now I really hope she doesn't. She won't get this far, though. No. She won't get this far. She's going to hear your voice and be like, I can listen to that crap. <laughs> <in the day." laughs> 
so the thing is, if the Yanks are in the ALCS during Vic's set, are we are we like Vic? Judge just struck out. Are we? You know, and I don't know. I honestly, you think he was shut I'll down to put set it, for the game? Probably. <laughs> I'll have to put it on the phone, and we'll give him updates mid 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 show. All right. Speaking of tickets. You know, it's what we've been tweeting about since uh, pretty much the inception of NYY Sports Talk. Follow us on Twitter at NYY Sports Talk, NYYSportsTalk.com, where we write columns. Some of us uh, write at a higher level than others, but, you know. We'll Apparently I'm awful. No. So that's really what you say every time I put something together. No, I complimented you. You did compliment me on my last you. one. I complimented you. Did, you did a good job. No, if you can if you can read Dr. Seuss, you can read Chris's <laughs> column. So, but we're here to give away two New York Yankee tickets, division rivalry game against the Baltimore Orioles on what's the date here? September fourteenth. September fourteenth. Um, That's what a Thursday. It's a Thursday night, seven oh five. First pitch, New York Yankees versus the Baltimore Orioles. Chris, who's our lucky winner? We got. Am I? Do I read the handle? I'm gonna read the. Twitter. They're the win. Let them read it up. I'm gonna read the Twitter handle. I'll drop something uh, after the release of this. But uh, at T Mooney 1998. That's T M O O N E Y 1998 is the lucky winner of our two Yankee tickets. So I'm gonna guess because I know a lot of people will put uh, significant dates in their life. Nineteen years old, or um, turning nineteen. As you know, if they can't put their full name, they put will put a significant date at the end of their Twitter handle. I'm guessing the child was born, and I'm gonna call him a child because I'm almost fifty years old. Mm-hmm. Not really, but you know. Or he's a huge Yankee fan, and the 1998. Yankees. Are we going to give tickets to to a person potentially born in 1998? Is that illegal? Is that illegal? No, he's 19. No, it's not illegal to give him the tickets, but he was born after the dynasty. That's true. He's a fake fan. Fake fan. Born the same year uh, Tom's River won. Yeah. Nope. Oh, look at that. Back to first. All right. So you know what? Well, read (laughs) read his name again. Read his name again. T Mooney at. T Mooney 1998. So at T Mooney 1998, because either something significant happened in uh, 1998 in your life, or you were born in 1998 in your life, because Todd Frazier <laughs> won the Little League World Series, we're gonna we're just gonna go ahead and say you get the tickets. You get so the tickets. We'll congratulations to T Mooney and Stack Guy Rye. Stack Guy Rye. Stack Guy Rye is clapping it up. And so now. Let's move on to another segment. So let me just touch. Let me just touch base on the ticket winnings. Yes. Uh, T Mooney, we will reach out to you. We want you to, you know, come on and check out the podcast and find out you won on your own. Obviously. So we will not but, uh, tweet you that yeah. you won the tickets until the day before. So you better have listened to the podcast by then. Um. So we will get in contact with you. Uh. To figure out the logistics, sending over the tickets and all that fun stuff. So don't worry about that. Uh, Don't live out of the country because we're not paying for postage. Hell no. All right. So congratulations again in order to this 1998 person, right? That's great. First, I wish somebody would give us something. We're the ones entertaining everybody. Somewhat, or we hope. There's yeah. probably like three. Has people. anybody? You think anybody's still listening right now? No, no. 
<laughs> they they like heard rent. Vic. They got the tickets. They're like, screw these guys. But we hope that you're still listening because we're going to debut. Everything's a debut today because it's Everything. our first. <laughs> Everything. Everything's a debut today because it's our first podcast. But you've heard him here as that guy, Rye. Now it's Ryan on the farm. All right, well, what better player to talk about for the first installment of Ryan on the Farm than the one Yankee with a type of animal for a last name, Greg Bird, will begin his rehab assignment Wednesday with the AAA Rail Riders for an ankle injury that has kept him off the field for a majority of the year. In just 19 games this season, the Yankee first baseman has a total of six hits and 60 at-bats. Yankees hoping the slow start was due to that injured ankle that Bird claims is finally feeling good. Joining Bird in AAA will be second baseman Starlin Castro, who begins his rehab assignment Friday. Castro has missed the last three weeks due to a right hamstring injury that caused him to miss some time in June as well. Although he had begun to cool down a bit after a great first three months, Castro is still at a very respectable 307 batting average and is just three hits away from 100 on the year. That's all we got on the farm this week. Yeehaw! I like it. Cowboy. Whatever. Who cares? Do whatever you want. Whatever you want. This is our podcast. This is it. Cowboys can be farmers. This is the only time we have that is truly like our thing, you know? We have this for us. What are you talking about? Like, this is us. We don't, we don't have to share, you know, when we do something at home, our wives... You know. Oh boy! Can you tell who's happily married here? <laughs> yeah. Trust Both me. of us, we love our wives I so love much. My, I, I do love her. I do. I love her so much. <laughs> I love her like that hemorrhoid I had when I was trying to go on a date when I was eighteen. That let's twenty five years ago. Twenty five. Has it been that long ago? Yeah. I haven't been out of high school that long. So we got Bird coming back. Hopefully, yeah. Good segue off the hemorrhoid. Thank Actually. You. <laughs> Actually, you can't get definitely can't get too optimistic with uh, Bird coming back, only because you've heard it multiple times already this year. He's coming back. He's going to do a rehab. It's this and that. This time, it seems a little bit more legitimate. Um, I honestly, I, just, I don't even know what to think. I I had the highest of hopes for Greg Bird coming into the season. I actually texted you and Ryan before the season. I gave. I told you to give me one, you know, out of the box prediction. Mine was that Brian Mitchell would break through as a starting pitcher this year, which I uh, was completely wrong about. You, both of you, gave me the same answer that Greg Bird would win Comeback Player of the Year, which I don't think was a bad guess at all because we couldn't predict him being injured. But everyone had high hopes for this If you guy. look at the opening day lineup, Aaron Judge was the eighth batter, and who was occupying the third slot in the lineup? Yeah. Greg Bird. Bird. So it's not just us that had high hopes for him. It was the New York Yankees and their manager because he had him hitting third. Greg Bird, you couldn't get Greg Bird out in spring training. I think that he's just a pure hitter. I think he's the best hitter. In the, he's going to end up being the best hitter in the Yankees. I know you mentioned this with... Uh, during the interview with Vic, that you almost compare Bird to Carl Pavano, but isn't he more like Nick Johnson? Uh, why? Because Nick Johnson was a first baseman, and he was supposed to be the next big Yankee first baseman. He couldn't stay healthy. Nah, I don't compare anyone to Nick Johnson. He's just such a 
I don't even know. He's like a guy that if you just didn't bring him up, I would have never even thought about him. So you're not saying that in four or five years when the Yankees finally give up on Bird, then they'll bring him back four years after that with Javi Vasquez, right? Yeah, Javi Vasquez <laughs> and uh, who's, a, who's a pitcher? Rafael Soriano, maybe. Oh, yeah. You can throw it back in. That loser. You know what? In fairness to Soriano, he when Mu uh, Mu Mu Javi Vasquez still on the farm here. Let me tell you something. Javi Vasquez might have been the worst Yankee years of my life. Watching him pitch every five days, Ooh. I still can't get over that grand slam he gave up. I don't even remember. I've blocked everything out of my memory of him. Oh, do you want me to bring it back when Johnny Damon? Torched them. Oh, 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 2004? Yeah. That was that idiot pitching? That was him. After... Did they get rid of him and bring him back? Yes, yes. they did. Because it worked so well the first time. Yeah. But the 2004 was his second run. No, no brought, that was no, his first. No, they brought him back in... He brought him back in 06? 06 or 07, they brought him back. Yeah. Wow. Good times. Good. The Javi Vasquez years. The worst... The I think the worst years of my Yankee life. You realize they were a playoff team all those years. Every year that Javi Vasquez was on a team. I don't care. Those were the worst years of your Yankee life. And people wonder, and you wonder why people don't like Yankee fans. A team that made it to the ALCS, and that's your worst memory as a Yankee fan. <laughs> well, so we got Bird coming back. Headley has been much better of late, especially from the left side. The right side, he's still an automatic out. But from the left side, he's he's been a very consistent hitter. He had an awful May. But other than that, this guy's someone who was so bad in May that no matter how good he does, you still say he sucks. But he's been great. He's actually done his job, and they moved him to first base. He's been pretty... Hadley's hitting right, right around 270 right now. Yeah, right? I know. This is a guy who moved to first base. He's been solid over there. He's maybe made a couple mistakes, but you got to give him, you know, a little leeway. You know why you root for a guy like Headley? Because because he tries. He, he works tries hard. hard. You hear the stories that the day they acquired Todd Frazier, he walked into Joe Girardi's office and said, "I will do whatever you want me to do for this team to win." For this team to win, exactly. And his teammates like him. I ha- I hate when Headley doesn't do well because I want him gone. But at the same time, I actually I. I respect a guy like him. His problem is that he hits with no power. He's got no. He wasn't pocket. always that way, though. He had that one monster year in San Diego. Yeah. It, listen, Headley is the is the case of, you know, you don't want you don't want to have a defensive guy on your on the corners, but he's a guy who is probably at this point in his career going to be more valuable defensively than he is offensively. But he really actually has put together a solid year, minus, you know, the lack of power. It's that guy, Rye. What are we looking at? Seven home runs for Headley? Seven home runs, 45 RBIs. So if he was closer to 15 and 60, and what's he hitting, 273 about? 270 even. And this is a guy guy who, for a long time, he really wasn't wasn't an everyday player. So if you're looking at him around 15 and 60, you would say he's having a hell of a year right now. Yeah, of course. But because he hits with no power, you don't think of Headley like that right so who knows what happens with him you can't platoon him with Greg Bird because Greg Bird's a lefty hitter you're not gonna you're not gonna face you're not gonna put Headley in there versus a lefty so he can bat from the right side Headley if you're gonna platoon Headley you have to platoon him as a left-handed hitter with Frazier 
So Bird comes back. He gets hot. He steal, he takes over the first base job, which is what the Yankees want anyway. They don't want Bird to come back and then still have to be playing Headley at first base. Right. So who's the bench guy? Todd Frazier or Chase Headley? I think you. I think you played as a as a as a platoon. You, you Girardi's gonna have to get more creative than you know. He thinks he already is because you know he's got to keep these guys in the DH. He's been doing it with the outfield all year. It just seems that he gets lucky with, you know, not having, not lucky, but, you know, not having to make such a tough decision because someone seems to get hurt every time someone's coming back. So I I don't know. He's got to get creative. You can't, you can't just bench Headley at this point. I mean, he's, he's been too good, which is crazy to say, but he really has. All right. So I'm pretty much in agreement with that. That uh, I would say Headley, it's tough though because Tom Frazier is probably the type of guy he's not going to be very valuable to a team if he doesn't get regular at bats. You you trust him coming in in a big spot as a pinch hitter? Well, no, only because he's right now he's not. You know he's he is heating up, but he's batting what like two eleven. He might be up. No, nah, like he's up like two thirteen now. Because he had another base hit last night. Oh, 1998 World Series hero, Todd Frazier. 213. Is it 213? It is. Uh, that's hard because they have combined stats. It was, two, it was 211 last night. With the Yankees, he's hitting 231. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know what? That's that's a pet peeve of mine. When they give combined stats right, when the it. player... Two twelve is his combined. All right, so we're in right in the middle. But here's I'm going to go back to this because it aggravates me. Why are you giving combined stats when the player's still in the same league? Yeah, I agree. Well, they, I'm sure fans want to differentiate. I don't care about. Them. I don't care about that. I'm just concerned about me getting the information I need. Well, this brings us kind of to our next point in being, you know, this team has pulled you in so many different directions this year. You don't, you know, at one point in time, you're saying if this team gets their bullpen act together, they're going to make the playoffs, and they do. They, they're they loaded in the bullpen, and then, you know, all of a sudden the offense falls off the face of the earth. So is this team a playoff contender or not? Contender, yes. You think they make the playoffs, even if their offense stays it plateaus where they are now. I just don't think anybody behind them is good enough to really surpass them. Right, right. Do me, give me up the wild card uh, standings, please, as of uh, Tuesday afternoon. I disagree. Uh, I know Kansas City's vastly dropped off now, but Kansas City will be always, the one team. They're going to always scare me, me until the end because they still have the pedigree as a world champion. They're, they're going to scare me till the end. Um. I just I think they're gonna get too lax because their core of Kansas City's core of guys that won the World Series is pretty much still intact. So those guys, I do no, I you know I I think it, I'll say this. I think it'll be tough for the Yankees not to win the World the Wild Card. All right, so Ryan, what do we got? Finally? Right now, the Yankees sixty-two and fifty-five. They lead the Wild Card by two games over the LA Angels. Angels are in the two spot. They're three games ahead in the loss side of the Angels, who are sixty-one and fifty-eight. Next up would be Minnesota, 
59 to 57, Kansas City 60 and 58. I would love to play the Angels in the wild card game. Seattle, Tampa Bay, Texas. Yeah, I mean these teams all have flaws. So I mean the Yankees are pro. I I don't want to sound like a homer here, but I would still think the Yankees are the most complete team out of any of those other teams. So I would still think that they would win enough games to lock up a wild card. At the at the end of the day, and I wrote about this. In my opinion, what the Yankees need to do is start scoring runs again. And I don't mean that in a general sense of obviously teams need to score runs. I mean it in a sense of they're capable of putting up big numbers. They need to get ahead in games and they need to do it early on. Because too many times since they've acquired these big arms, too many times they've they've given up the first run and fallen behind immediately. They need to stay on top because Joe is has the capability now of putting a short leash on the starting pitching where if you have a lead going into the fourth, fifth inning, well, really fourth inning with a guy like Chad Green now, you're probably going to win the game. So if you have Chad Green who can come in for the fourth, fifth, and sixth, and then you, you know well, you, you have mix to blow out. you have to uh, blow the game out by the ninth inning. Though. Well, the problem is that they're letting teams linger. That we talked about this a few times. The Yankees in the beginning of this of the year, it wasn't just that they were scoring early and often. It's that they would score three runs in the first, and then they'd come back out and score four more in the second or the third, and they would put teams away. They're not the, doing yes, that anymore. You have to have that step on your neck mentality. They're just not doing that anymore. I think they still have it in them. I think Castro coming back is a big... All right, before you get into Castro coming back, the Yankees have obviously slumped recently. What is the number one? Let's take Aaron Judge out of the equation because everybody wants to go wants to go to Aaron Judge. What's the number one reason why they are slumping offensively right now, in your opinion? Um, other than other than saying that this team is truly, if if you look when they're on fire. They're all on fire. They're contagious. They have great chemistry. But putting that aside, actually breaking it down and dissecting it, I think that they are swinging at pitches now that they weren't swinging at in the beginning of the season. I still think players are putting together good at-bats here and there, but I think that these guys are coming up with runners in scoring position and they're pressing. And it's something that, as a Yankee fan, you've witnessed how many years now where this team can't score runs you know runs with runners in scoring position and this year for the first half was such a relief and it was so enjoyable to watch this team and now it's right back you have that same feeling again where you're watching a game and you have no hope that they're going to score a run and I think it's because they're pressing and swinging at pitches that they shouldn't be swinging at and they're not doing the small things like bunting runners over or stealing a bag or you know you want me to give my answer yeah Matt Holiday well, yeah, he I, is the big look. I you I agree with a lot of what you're saying, but if I take one singular thing, it's Matt Holliday. One hundred percent, because his jolt and because even when Judge was getting pitched around, and then you had a guy like Holiday in that lineup, yes, it was Holiday so was a, deadly. And again, but that goes back to the Castro point too. Look how good he was to not. You know, it's not always just about the player himself. It's about how he rounds out a lineup. And, and to, Matt Holiday and, was the, absolutely uh, the, the perfect complement behind yep. Aaron Judge. And then, and then f- to have your middle or end of the order with guys like Didi and Cash. I mean, this this lineup top to bottom was scary. Where 
a pitcher wasn't just pitching to to Matt Holiday. He was pitching to Holiday and thinking about what he was going to do to Castro. You knew you couldn't walk Aaron Judge in the beginning of the year because Matt Holiday was swinging a hot bat and, yeah. and hitting home and, runs. And listen, Torres has been unbelievable for this team. Exceeded expectations. Uh, that's an understatement for this team. But Ronald Torres, no matter how good he's playing, is not. Starling Castro. I don't know who Ronald Torres is. <laughs> Torres? Yes. Torres, yes. <laughs> um, I mean, their offense has to come back around. They need to be turning the ball over to the bullpen with a lead. Would you say that, I like that you brought up Ronald Torres because I say this all the time and sometimes I get crap for it. I'm not saying he's the best player in Major League Baseball, but for his role on the team. He is the best at what he does in Major League Baseball. 100%. One, for for what I... For my knowledge of the game and the guys that I'm thinking of and can compare him to, I don't think anyone comes close. And it doesn't even have to a be... A Brock Holt or maybe a Ben right. Dobris. Listen, it doesn't even have to be numbers. Look at what this guy does in big spots when the team needs to scratch across a run. Ronald Torres comes up and somehow, some way, has found a way all year to get the big hit for this team. And you can, you don't expect those things from a guy like Torres for a player that has his role. You expect him to be a little scrappy and you know get on base here and there, but you don't get up there and say that you expect him to be the one guy you can count on when it when an offense is slumping. And that's part of what the Yankees are going through right now is they need to rely on Ronald Torres to play every day. And Ronald Torres is best when he plays two or three times a week. Sure. But in his and but then again, he filled in for Didi at the beginning of the year. He played really well. He led the team in RBIs during that stretch. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to believe that, yeah. but he did. And then now that he's filling in for Castro, he's still play. I mean, you can't say enough good things. Every championship caliber team needs a Ronald, needs a guy like Ronald Torres on their team. And listen, we'll wrap up with this on on this topic. But I forget who posted the article. I've read the title. We talked about this the other day. Uh, it was pretty much, you know, if the Yankees can make the playoffs. The Yankees might not make the playoffs, but if they do, they could win the World Series. And it's because of guys like Ronald Torres, and it's because of the bullpen. They just have depth that not many teams out there have. Their issue has been, and again, I'm talking strictly second half, because in the first half, other than that West Coast trip that really was the downward spiral, they were clicking on all cylinders, and it was the first time you felt that in a really would long you, time. Now we're going to go back to that. Would you say that the singular moment that caught... Now, um, obviously, we have day jobs aside from uh, doing NYY Sports Talk. I have to go to work at 4 o'clock in the morning some days. So I miss West Coast games. You watched it. You were the one that told me this. Do you still believe it that the one singular moment that put the Yankees in reverse was when Chris Carter made that error in Anaheim? One hundred percent. And then CC Sabathia ended up getting hurt because he had to throw more pitches. You in can the go inning. back and watch every single game, and when you get to that game and that ball gets by him, and then CC, what was it? Two pitches later, tweaks the knee, and he goes on the DL. They were never the same from that moment on. I don't know if it was direct court. <laughs> Listen, I I can't stand somebody, Chris right? Carter. Uh, but from that moment on, this team wasn't the same. 
All right. So, so we, you know, we kick into a, a nice uh So, basically what that was was a, a you know, it's a small sample, but it's an irrational fan uh moment. Irrational right? fan moment. It's an irrational which... fan moment to blame one singular error for the team going in a complete opposite direction. Now, this is going to get a little uh a little dicey. A little dicey. So there's uh, some cursing. I, I don't know if we're gonna bleep it out. I maybe we will. I don't know. I, think I don't know. We should, it, you know what? Maybe we'll keep it PG thirteen. Maybe. You know, it depends on how it plays because I think some of the cursing in this segment is part of. If you're if you're offended by uh, people wishing death upon other people, you should probably just tune out now. Tune out. We're, this is this is our irrational fan tweet segment where. Stack Guy Rye is going to, uh, he's going to be dishing out some Twitter uh, tweets, tweetsies, a tweetsies. Um, of what we all think during the game, or at least what I do, uh, but these people actually go online. <laughs> they take it they, to another level. And they put it, they put it in writing. Publicly. There's a difference between saying what you say to me and your brother, and we're the only two people that are reading right. it, and then saying what these people are saying on social right. media. All right, Stack Guy Rye, let's get right. irrational fan tweet number one. Let's start out with a tweet from Zach. He tweets, Araldus Chapman should be hanged for treason. <laughs> what? Yeah. Hanged. He's not even American. Who's he tre- committing treason against? <laughs> Jimmy tweets. I hate the adopted shit Aaron Judge. <laughs> I hope he dies. All right, so so Jimmy wants Aaron Judge to die. I don't know. It die because adopted. he's adopted. I don't know. Is that why does that play into what's happening here? You're in there. It's irrational. It's ir- it's irrational. It's an irrational Very fan true. tweet. Carlos says about Aaron Judge. I hope Aaron Judge dies, similar to Jimmy, in a fiery plane crash. <laughs> Awful. And then the last one. Uh, Drew writes, more than anything, I hope Araldus Chapman chokes on everything he eats for the rest of his life. Everything. Everything. Every single, Every single thing. He so he's gonna he's gonna go to the spread before the game. He's gonna get some chicken, maybe a little mashed potatoes. Coffin. Coffin the whole time. Choking. Even on mashed potatoes. Even if they're not lumpy, they could be the, the <laughs> shit out of the box. And he's got he's gonna choke on that. On everything he eats for the rest of his life. Forever. Doesn't for- hope he dies. He no. does not hope so he, he dies hopes, though. He wants him to that, just So that choke. is less that is the least irrational fan tweet we had today. Because the other Or is three, it? Because death like a pretty good guy. Because <laughs> death is at least you're, death you're gone. If you're choking on everything you eat. For the rest of your life, that's torture. Yeah, but you can also switch switch to a liquid based diet. It's true. And you're not technically eating anything, so you could survive on life like that. Well, all right. Let's, so let's, thank you, thank you, uh, Chris, for the irrational fan tweets because Chris is the one that scours Twitter for the most irrational fans. Because he I would, feel awful. Like if <laughs> if the feds actually went into like what I search to find these, I'll be the one that's. <laughs> I'll be the one that's in trouble. Aaron Judge. <laughs> I hope Judge dies. Hashtag died. Yankees. Hashtag plane crash. <laughs> hashtag uh, Hanks. So before, <laughs> before we wrap up. How can you commit treason if you're not even a member of the country, a citizen of the country that you're in? I don't even know what treason is. 
It's when you commit crimes. It means against when your you country. don't know how to close a game out, and you should. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Is that your definition yeah. of it? But not anybody else's. Nope. Okay. Uh, before we wrap it up, uh, let's take a quick look. We got the game tonight, which will be over by the time our one person who knows this has been released listens to this. Good pitching matchup, though, we should have to look forward to. Sonny Gray and Jacob DeGrom. Yeah, I'm excited. I think the Yanks get to DeGrom early. I know you guys are going to listen to this after the game, but I really hope that we don't commit errors behind Sonny Gray tonight. Uh, On our look ahead, I think the number one thing is we need to go into this weekend three games or less out of first place. I really think in order for that, they have to sweep the Mets. I think they will sweep the Mets. I know that's tough to do. In a four-game set, and I think then the, you can and expect. The I actually want to make one. I want to make one quick point before we wrap up. And I thought about this the other day. The Yankees have lost a lot of three-game series of late, right? No kidding. But during that stretch, in their four-game series, I'd have to say they split every one, except for the Tampa Bay series. Except they, for, oh yeah, right. When they came home and they got hot for a little bit. Right, right. Except for that series, no. Yeah, they took three out of four. Or was that... No. They won. Oh, I'm saying they didn't... I thought you were I'm just about saying they didn't things. lose three out of four. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Right? They split. split or they so think split. about this. If the Yankees can find a way to make it to the ALDS for the first time since when? 2012? This team has proven that they might not be able to win a best of three series, but almost every time they've they've taken two out of four... Where a game five can go any way. So I think this team is scary where you're not going to, you're very rare you're going to beat them three games in a row. Can you, or imagine, three times in a series in total? Can you imagine Joe Girardi in that scenario, a best of five, right, where they're going to have off days so you can go to these guys every single game? No. Can you imagine him? His head is going to fall off his shoulders. Yeah. That Severino could look as dominating as anybody in the history of Major League Baseball, and he throws. He could throw. He could pull. Uh, you remember the movie The Scout with uh, Brendan Fraser? You guys ever? No, seen we one? weren't born then. No, you weren't born then. But the guy literally pitches a perfect game. Eighty seven. Twenty seven times three is eighty one. Right. This is why I married a math teacher because I suck at math. Seventy one. No, it's not. Do the math. 27. Oh, no. 81. All right, 81. He literally throws 81 pitches, strikes out every guy. Severino could do that through five innings, opens the sixth with one ball. Joe's got to go. He's got to go because he's going to have that bullpen ready to go. Well, I think I think this team still has the opportunity to turn it around. I think it's all going to – I know we said it about the last series this past weekend, but it's, it's going to come down to this series because they made the game back last night. Um, and you gotta hope that they can just keep winning. I All think right. the Cardinals are gonna be tough on Boston. The movie so the scout, uh, five point three out of ten on IMDb. Oh, it was kind of crappy. It really was. Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser. <laughs> Yankee though, you didn't. Yeah, that. yeah, I didn't. Albert you know what? Albert Brooks was in that. This is why I sometimes agree with you on baseball movies. Chris hates baseball movies. Hate him. Hate, and I'm the biggest. Him. I baseball is my number one passion outside of you know they do sometimes take liberties with things like the fact that uh steve nebraska was brendan Fraser's character in uh the scout playing for the new york yankees in yankee stadium managed to get in at bat three at bats and hit three friggin' home runs in the game 
as an American League pitcher. Awful. So, all right. We can talk about baseball movies in another episode of the podcast, but let's take a quick look at the week ahead. The Yankees, uh, by the time you listen to this, will be on game three of their four-game set with the Mets and then finish uh, up rivalry week in Boston for another three-game set with the Red Sox. When we talk, uh, when we record our next podcast next Tuesday, a week from today, where are the Yankees in the standings? Uh, I was going to say, the, by, the next, by the next time you hear us on here, the Yankees, by next Wednesday, uh, the Yankees will have played another game also against Detroit. Um, Is that a makeup game? No. They're off Monday, and then they have a series set against... Oh, then they would go to Comerica. Yeah. Because they haven't played them out there yet. Um, Though maybe the Yankees... Maybe they'll throw a... I really hope they don't throw Sanchez I think, and, and I Zimmerman think, at us I again. think the Yankees starting Tuesday are three games out. And I'll and I'll live with that. You'll live with that. Kluber so, but, pitching against Boston? Seriously. Yes, uh, he is. All right, so you... But you... See, uh, that's, I shouldn't have said if, yes. If you no, want to... No. Because they're not they're not playing the Indians. That was a makeup game. They're, oh, they're playing the Cardinals. Oh. So if you yeah. want to go into uh, the Detroit, excuse me, it's easy for me to say. If you want to go into the Detroit series down three, but you also stated earlier your goal was to go into the Boston series down three. You can't have it both ways. The math doesn't work out. So Boston you, plays. There's no there's no other off days. I meant uh, Boston doesn't play on Thursday, just so you know. So what are they playing? A two game set against St. Louis? I think so. Yeah. Right. Can we get that up here so we don't look like complete idiots? I was just kind of messing around with this. Just, uh, I think they're just playing one game against the Cardinals tonight. Oh no, never mind, never mind. No, tonight and tomorrow. All right. I was so right. okay, so the math could work out if the Yank. All right, so. I'm in a true three out, not three and a half, whatever. I think for me to take the division seriously again, when we go to Detroit Tuesday, the Yankees have to be two out in the loss column. And that's... I don't think that's mathematically possible either because they play each other. Who? The Yankees and the Red Sox. If the Yankees it's go always into a two Boston, swing. if the Yankees pick up a game during the course of this week, mm-hmm. they'll be down three in the loss column. They go to the, uh, Boston... Win two or three, they'll pick up a game in the loss column, so they can go into Detroit down two. Right, so they technically can't go in down three unless Boston plays Monday and loses. Maybe you should have married the math teacher. Maybe I should have. Boston has a tough stretch. Meg is a one. They do. Boston. We, we love Meg though. Yeah, she's she's a keeper. She's a keeper. I kind of love Lindsay. So. Two against St. Louis. Who's Lindsay? Your <laughs> your wife. Oh, sorry, babe. <laughs> against the Yankees and another four against the Cleveland Indians. Yeah, they have a tough stretch. So, if I'm going to take the division seriously, going into uh, that Detroit series down two, because then they play their final series against the Red Sox over Labor Day weekend, where if it's... If you can... I like to be at that series where a sweep means you're in first place at worst case scenario. Yeah. All right, so... How how you feel? First podcast is in the books. I feel pretty good. All right. Well, I hope we, everyone enjoyed. Yeah, we hope everyone did enjoy. Uh, if it got a little long winded, we're sorry. You know, we're just two very enthusiastic Yankee fans, given this opportunity to talk about the ball club that um, has actually forged our friendship. We would not be 
friends if it wasn't for the New York Yankees. And it's probably one of the biggest reasons why I want to put a knife in his neck most it's, days. It, it took us a while to be uh, year-long friends. Yeah, we our really wives only call talked. Us, yeah, our wives call us. What do they call us now? Year-long friend. Yeah. year-long pals. Now. We talk in the off season. Now. We talk in the off season now, so we're like legitimate friends. Like I actually know who his baby is. Like maybe four or five years ago, he would have said, "Oh, Jack was born." I would have been like, "Who? <laughs> you got married?" <laughs> but um, so for us, the team has a little bit more significance than just being a team we root for. It's literally the reason for our friendship. Yep. So I We're hope that and... I hope that you guys hear our passion and enthusiasm through uh, your earbuds. Uh, you know, we wouldn't be doing this if we didn't have a passion and enthusiasm for the New York Yankees. Um, I'm Christian. You can follow me on Twitter on my personal account at Christian underscore N Y Y S T. Uh, Chris will give you his personal Twitter account. Of Why course. you don't know it? I don't know where you put the underscore. If you even put one in. At Chris Jr. Underscore M-Y-Y-S-T. Maybe you should tell people it's just J-R. Because they will, you know. I like, yeah, J-R. Chris J-R. Chris J-R. And you could call me J-R. J-R. Or Junior. Or Junior. I like Junior. He likes Junior. Because he likes being second. Yep. Yep. Um, the, please, if anything, follow us on Twitter. At NYY Sports Talk. It's probably the easiest and fastest way to get all your New York Yankees news from us. Whenever the podcast drops, it's going to be there first. Whenever we got a new column on the website, nyysportstalk.com, it's going there first. Um, and we're going we're gonna to be doing these giveaways too, so we'll always have an opportunity to win some tickets, some, some Yankee gear, anything. Yeah, so uh, tickets were probably a one-time thing, a big deal to do on the first uh, podcast, but... You know, we will give away other Yankees memorabilia, maybe uh, maybe a signed autograph from 1998. Uh, Todd Frazier. Todd Frazier. So, guys, before we go, um, did you see Roger Clemens in the box recently? <laughs> Roger Clemens! Roger! How? Come on, Roger, give it to me. However. <laughs> Roger Clemens is not here, so... Uh, once again, thank you so much for listening. Um, please, like we said, follow us on Twitter at our personal accounts at the NYY Sports Talk account. Ryan, you want to say anything? We covered it. Stack guy, we love Stack guy, guy Ryan. We hope they. Stack guy Ryan. We hope he doesn't.